welcome to another version of Monday Night Therapy. My God, we need it this time, don't we? Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say we do, though. I'm I'm not sure that you and I have the capacity to meet everybody's needs tonight, John. Uh, we're good. We're good. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of chins dragging. A lot of I don't know. I think the biggest thing that concerns me is. Uh, it seems like apathy is setting in a little stronger right now than what um, what I would have uh, hoped we'd see. That, that that part of it's frustrating. So um, we we have a challenge in front of us, though. What's it? Though Aaron says, let's just skip the Michigan review. Well, Aaron, this is what John gets paid to do. John gets paid very well to review these I games. Do. So, so we need we need to review the Michigan game, despite the pain and agony that have brought so many of us. I get paid. For, I don't get paid well enough for this shit. Come on, not that. I think you the are, thing is, is what what you you are a t-shirt selling king. Yeah, but not this year. You know, Todd, you don't sell t-shirts when your team sucks. Nobody buys shit. I suppose, I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. Now, wait a minute. Rudy Luna comes in firing with you guys are absolutely are pathetic. There's now, really no context in this. What? What? Yeah, the is Husker Rudy talking team? about, is it you and me that are pathetic? Or, I or don't know. It... Jeez. I, I think he's talking about today's politicians. And everybody can agree with Rooney that they, 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 you guys are pathetic. That's absolutely are pathetic. And then uh, yeah. Seth Floyd... Nothing to be ashamed of for Nebraska this year was really to evaluate what was there to carry over for the next two, three years. I hope, I hope that that is the kind of the attitude that a lot of people have because, um, you know, th this is how it goes. This is how it is. And Rudy Luna comes back as Seth, it's been 20 years. How many more can you tolerate? You know, it hasn't been 20 years. Bo Pelini had some decent years in there that were fun. Yeah. I mean, come on, stop making this shit worse than it is. It's the first year of the first co the coach, and it's like his fifth game. And if you exactly. don't look at it from that attitude, you're you're really going to be miserable. And honestly, you should probably just stop watching football until we get good again. And I do believe we're going to get good again because I think Matt Rule's a good coach. Yeah, now, there's I, a lot of uh, you know. I know. I, I I tell you what. I I I realize that uh, you know there are some people that are unable to. Uh, separate what took place with uh, the previous coach and the previous couple of coaches, at least. Um, and, you know, I, okay, let's, let's be honest. Who, who had Nebraska at this point in the season, any better than three and two? I mean, did anybody seriously think Nebraska would be better than three and two at this point? And those people that were picking Nebraska to be three and two had no idea how good Colorado was going to be. And so, you know, we're, we're one game off of that. And if anybody honestly thought going into the season that we were going to beat uh, Michigan, I, you know, you drank way, way, way too much Kool-Aid if, if you thought that was possible. Now, what was frustrating you know, John, you've nailed it three or four times. I think what was most frustrating to me about the Michigan game on Saturday was that Nebraska's team didn't show up 
prepared, mentally prepared to play that game. Um, it, uh, they didn't look like it. They didn't, you know, it, it, it looked like the attitude was kind of like, well, let's get through this. If we can get through this today, then, you know, we've got the rest of the season in front of us. Um, but in the meantime, they got their asses kicked and, and literally got. I and mean, how. Yes. <laughs> it, that was as much of a beating as I've seen in yeah. a methodical. Yeah, beating. it was. It was very robot-like. Yeah. I mean, you have to hand it to Michigan. I mean, they came out on the field, and then they just said, hi, how you doing? And just fucking ran over us. I mean, like, repeatedly. Like, getting backed up and ran over again and then again and again. Uh, okay. Joe Joe Higashi leg, legit leg kicks says, uh, oh, I just clicked on that one. He wants you to do the truffle shuffle because he says you still owe him one from that Colorado loss. I don't know Joe shit. Yeah. I said I was going to do the truffle shuffle. And I don't even know what the damn truffle shuffle is. So I think it's where you buy truffles and you pass them out to your friends. Uh, okay. I'll do that. I'll do that. So, um, yeah, you know, the, the, attitude in the stadium i was at the game um you know it was it was uh the fans were not the the fans weren't popped no. up or uh, you know fired up um it was just kind of a downer day um you were and, at the game yeah it there was not a lot of excitement in that stadium you know what uh, the fucking deal was todd what was the deal taylor swift didn't show up to see heinrich harbour well, I think that's probably – I think there was a lot of disappointment among the fan base that was convinced that Taylor Swift was going to be there uh, checking out Heinrich Harburg. And, yeah, I would say you're right. Now, they did play a Taylor Swift song at halftime, um, you know, so – and and my are you, gonna, are you Are you going to tell them that you heard from somebody who actually believed that rumor? Um, I had two people come up to me, <laughs> one at the tailgate that I was at before the game and one in the stadium who came up to me and said, hey, did you know that Taylor Swift is going to be at the game today? <laughs> yeah. I had two people tell me that. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, okay. It was, It was. I think I mentioned it in the uh, post-game video I did, that it was the least amount of buzz I think I've seen for a game since I've been doing coronation, and that is about 17 years. And, you know, maybe that's not true, but it, it was certainly not buzz like, I mean, you could, you could go out on the comments section on Facebook for all the media things. That's normally what I look at. Twitter was dead except for the regular guys like me that are out there trying to poke people into responding to things. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty dead. And then the game, I, you know, the game showed it. I just no lack of fire, lack of, Real, you know, I a lot of lack of energy. I, that's what I saw. Yeah, I, I, I mean, even sensed it, you know, on the pregame stuff. I mean, with the media and whatever, it's just hard to. I, I guess hopefully it's kind of an enigma, kind of an outlier. Um, and I think where we got to, you know, go away with, or what we go away with is that, um, you know, we 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 were exposed. Uh, Nebraska was definitely exposed and we are quite a ways away from being able to put a high caliber football team on the field. And, you know, we can, we can pick up, we can look at position groups. Um, but 
you know, one of the one of the things I think that we need to um, acknowledge is it's pretty much across the board. You know, Rod D says not sure guys like Bullock or Heinrich Harburg would start on another P five team. Good kids, I'm sure, but not going to get many wins in the current uh, with the current personnel. Well, I think we'll get some wins with the current personnel, but we, we do definitely need to upgrade. And ask yourself this question: How many of how many Nebraska players that were on the field? This weekend, how many of those players would make the two deep at Michigan? And, you know, people want to say, you know, there's this big argument. Well, we've got talent. We recruited talent. We recruit, you know, all sorts of talent. Well, how much of that talent has stuck around? And, yeah. and what do we have for depth? Because, you know, you've got to be, we're trying to build depth. I mean, uh, Coach White is running 20 guys out there playing defense to get them some experience. You know, that's how you build depth. So those things are being done. And, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting listening to the post-game show with Coach Rule, and and I'm sure many of you heard it. But what really struck me was um, one of the, one of the uh, uh, journalists, made, he asked the question, so Coach Rule, what do we need, what do you need to do or what does the staff need to do to move this um, – to move this program forward, to make this program competitive. And Coach Rule's response was, I'm not going down that road today. And, you know, that spoke volumes because he is committed to this team. He loves right. his players. He's going he's gonna to work as hard as he possibly can, he and the staff, to have success this year. But the unspoken truth is he needs more players and he needs yeah. more high-quality players. And he's going to have to figure out how to get those people on campus. And what was develop. that? What was that line? I don't mean to get, get political, but what was that line years ago? I think it was Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf that said, "You go to war with the army you've got, not the one you want." Yeah, something along those lines. Well, that's the army we have. I mean, we don't have a lot of playmakers or almost zero on offense. And, you know, I keep seeing people commenting that Marcus Satterfield should be fired. The offensive line coach should be fired. The receivers coach should be fired. I mean, you know, and I saw where Sam – coaches after, after five games. <laughs> Sam McCune wrote about how they didn't have any offensive identity and they're trying all sorts – well, I said that in the post-game thing. We don't have an offensive identity because we don't do anything particularly well, and you can't build around something where you don't do something well. Offensive identity doesn't come just because I want it to. Like if we're going to run the option just because I want them to or I think they should, that's not an offensive identity. So, you know, this is a tough year, and it's uh, – yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, we got Illinois coming up Friday night. Thank God the rest of the Big Ten West is just a a shit show. Holy cow. Well, Illinois got their backs up against the wall, too, because they certainly have not lived up, you know, to the expectations that people had for that team. And they got their butts kicked by Purdue. So, you know, there's there's two teams on Friday night that have a lot to prove. And and Coach Rule, you know, I'm, I'm basically recapping his press conference after the game. Coach Rule says, we will all find out what kind of a team we have on Friday night. And, yeah. you know, I, I would expect I would expect Nebraska is going to come out fired up to play. I, I would expect that we will see a different mindset, um, 
you know, from from the team on Friday night. And hopefully, you know, we can punch Illinois in the mouth because they're going to try to punch us in the mouth. But hopefully we can punch them in the mouth right away and make a statement and uh, have some success and come out with a W from Illinois. MK says Todd is looking dapper tonight. Yeah, well, you know, I had to look good look good for my my peeps today that I had to go out and visit. So, I'm, uh, yeah. did did I put this one up? Mar Nab says John deserves rehab funds for the tree in the bathroom. <laughs> I do, especially for the bathroom. My God, of course, you just if I need a maid. Too, you know what? No, if if I make it too nice, other people will want to use it, which is why I leave it the way it is. Jack the Ripper comes in with Taylor Swift is our latest clown show scam. She has all the talent of a wet fart. You know, she sings nice pop songs. She, they're fun. They, you know, people like them. She doesn't come out in public saying stupid things about politics so that everybody can get angry with her. As far as I know, I don't follow her. That oh, way. no, she's taking a new position. She had a conversation that was recorded with her dad. And, oh, my uh, God. Taylor Swift, the, the people on the right hate Taylor Swift. Because she is not a fan of their their clown show. So, oh, oh my God! Well, that's all over then. Yeah. Uh, Cilantro says, "Why did Husker fans walk out of Memorial before halftime?" One of the <laughs> things I could tell you is that uh, I was watching the game, and during the game, we have a Slack. You know, we communicate internally with Slack. And Aaron, one of our baseball guys, uh, literally was posting in Slack that people around him kept passing out. And he had, uh, yeah, but by just shortly after halftime, there'd already been three people near him that had passed out. Um, yeah. the, the temperature on the field at game time was 130 degrees. Air temperature at kickoff was somewhere around 94, 95 degrees. There was a little bit of a breeze, but if we hadn't been sitting in the shade, our seats are in the shade up underneath. Had we not been there, I'm not sure we would have stuck it out much longer than halftime, especially when your team had not done anything positive in the first half. There was not one thing positive that you can hang your hat on that that Nebraska did in that first half. Paul says, do you think rules staff is the problem? Oldest individual teaches special teams and is poor. We have a 24-year-old coaching wide receivers to go in the Big Ten. I, you know – no, I, I'm not sure how to handle this. Why? What? You know, when we hired that other guy and we let him sit around for five years, there are constant cries about we're firing people. We can't get anywhere if we keep firing people. We can't do anything if we're just going to fire, fire, fire. No, I don't think rural staff is the problem. I think they're trying to make the most of what they got. We still have an offensive line that isn't fairly functional. We don't really have a functional quarterback. We've lost two of our best running backs. You know, there's not a lot to do on offense. I just, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah, I don't, other than I mean, we're going to fire, we're going to fire coaches. We're not. I mean, no, I'll, I'll turn it around. We are not going to fire coaches five games into the season. I right. know that rule, rule will do an evaluation at the end of the season. And if he thinks that there's a coach that wasn't, you know, pulling his weight, he'll, he'll move him on. Um, you know, I, Marcus Satterfield, we heard from South Carolina fans, you know, glad you got him. Uh, however, South Carolina's offense this year has certainly taken a step back with the same quarterback that they had last year with Satterfield. 
So, you know, you know, maybe maybe Satterfield was a little bit better um, at South Carolina than a lot of those fans want to give him credit for. So I I refuse, you know, to to do an autopsy on this program uh, five games into the season. I don't think it before is. it's dead. Is that it what is. you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, we got cilantro coming in here. The only reason why Donovan Rayola was retained was because of Dylan, and now that he's committed to Georgia, why is Uncle Donovan still on the staff? Well, because you need an offensive line coach. You don't. Uh, I number one, I Matt Rule gave his reasons for keeping uh, Donovan around, which is he teaches a certain way of blocking, and that's the way Matt Rule wants it taught. Uh, I think that. You know, the idea that he was going to keep him around just to get Dylan, I, I don't know. A lot of people said that. I don't know if it's true. You know, if he doesn't think that uh, Donovan Rayola has done a good job, I suppose at the end of the season that we'll find a different guy to coach offensive line. That You know, and the, the other, I, you know, the, you've got to take the conspiracy one step further. What's so, that? Well, so they didn't get uh, Dylan Rayola. He's got a brother, Dayton. So you've got to keep you got to keep Donovan Rayola around if you want any chance of getting the the his younger nephew. I mean, if if we truly kept Donovan Rayola around to try to get his nephew to commit to Nebraska, then we just as well keep him for two or three more years to get the other nephew, if that's what you believe. Oh my God. Okay. We do. We're going to have to figure out some way of doing like some kind of production thing because uh, uh, we have a shit ton of comments. That well, are here's one high. that I think okay. is kind of interesting. Stop. Nobody thought Nebraska would be Michigan, but three group of five schools were more competitive against Michigan and Ann Arbor than we were against Michigan and Lincoln. You know what? <laughs> they, they didn't call, they, they didn't put the dogs out against those teams. This, the, Michigan came to Lincoln, Nebraska, yeah, they did. and they unloaded both barrels. They were playing with one hand tied behind their back at home and uh, because they knew that thrashing those teams wouldn't make near the statement as it would on a nationally televised game against Nebraska. Okay, what else? Hey, baby, baby. Okay. Do you know if guys, guys, Mar Nav says, do you know, do you guys know if Sims is injured? Well, he's dealing with a high ankle sprain, and everybody will tell you those take a while to heal. I guess we're going to find out Friday night, you know, if he starts against Illinois. Well, he, he, I don't think he'll start. I think Hein Heinrich Harburg has done enough that he needs to be considered the starting quarterback. Um, and Jeff Sims will come off the bench when he's healthy. At this point, um, that's that, you know, seasons take twists and turns. And if Jeff Sims was healthy, I think we would have seen Jeff Sims in the second half on on Saturday. Because Harburg wasn't getting anything done. Cilantro says, if I hear another go blue from those Michigan twats, I swear to God, I'm punching a guy. Yeah, that's what we need is violence. Well, we don't. I think we should we should take a poll, you know, and you guys can chip in here and express who do you think is more demented, John or Todd, um, and then 
we'll we'll uh, I don't know. We'll we'll toast each other. We'll toast the winner about uh, who's. Well, I I probably am. I probably am. Uh, no, no. I I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Nebraska has a problem of not knowing how to win? Yes, I do. Okay, tell tell us about your theory. Um, well, before before all, he starts this, you need to preface this with the idea that uh, Todd coached in high school. Todd was a principal. Todd's had to deal with behavioral stuff for most of his career. So there you go. Well, I, yeah, and I've spent a lot of time with coaches and around coaches as well, and and so I, I guess to try to establish some credibility. Um, I, I don't believe, and I'm going to kind of come through the back door on this. I don't think that Coach Rule completely understand understood uh, the mindset of the Nebraska football team. And that mindset of the Nebraska football team, in some respects, is kind of like the mindset of a portion of our fan base. Um, but that's, that's for a different time. Um, the, the football team, when you think about how many uh, games in the last two or three seasons – that uh, Nebraska lost by one score. Um, what sets in is is that um, mindset of when's it going to fall apart, you know, or when's it right. what, what's going to happen now? Uh, you know, we're ahead and there's three minutes left in the game. What what's what bad thing is going to go you know take place? And you know that's that's part about knowing how to win. And you know. When, when you face a team like a Michigan that is so dominant, um, if you don't come out and play with a high level of emotion and, you know, just challenge them and, and maybe, you know, I'll put it this way. It was kind of like Colorado did to Nebraska because, you know, there weren't very many people initially that thought Colorado was going to beat Nebraska. Right. And Colorado came out. And said, F you, you're playing on our field. And, you know, think of all the penalties that you saw early on and all the trash talk. And I'm not an advocate of trash talk and I hate it. But the same, you know, the same uh, idea, though, is that Colorado says, you're not going to come in here and push us around. And I did not sense that at all with with Nebraska on on Saturday. And when Nebraska gets in games where they're competitive, they have to have that mentality that we need to win by more than where we're ahead right now. You know, we've got to continue right. to play to the final buzzer and let's score more. That that needs to that needs to happen. Yeah, I you know the for years we talked about like Scott Frost teams where they would go out onto the field and if something bad happened, then they just kind of melt. And I think that, you know, the same thing is – I don't know if the same thing is true, but, I mean, the Michigan game certainly started out really, uh, you know, really crappy, and then it really just – there was no life after that. It was like the defense said, well, well you know, you're going to kill us. Go ahead and kill us. No, I think, uh, though, you know, Cilantro might be on to something here. Cilantro says, should have added a photo to the What If Nebraska Hired Jim Harbaugh article – Ye hath angered the football gods. Yeah, <laughs> there is no question at all. John is in charge of coordination. And the fact that he opted to run that article, um, 
I, I believe has something to do with the outcome of the game. I, I, <laughs> it does, I, don't, I don't think you can run away from that, John. You, you maintain, uh, yeah, you, you have some responsibility there. Well, you know, if you read some of the YouTube comments I get on a lot of these videos, you'd swear to God that I was destroying half the planet. <sighs> okay. Well, but go ahead. No, let me there was something. Um, you know, again, it's I think it's time to to look ahead. I you know, okay. and that we, we all get tired of that. I mean, don't get me wrong, for those people that are tired of hearing you have, we have to have patience. I get it. You know, um, for those that say, you know, I mean, I, we've heard all of that before, but we have to center ourselves and we've got to come back to the fact that this is the first year with this coaching staff and it isn't a continuation of the same old, same old. I, I think maybe what is most telling is, um, you know, the former guy was all too quick to point his fingers at Mike Riley. And, you know, he complained, he complained into year three and year four about the culture that was left behind. And he whined and he complained and he pointed fingers. I haven't heard that from Coach Rule. Coach Rule is, is moving forward. And I'm not here, you know, just trying to kiss Rule's ass, but I think that we need to, to try to hold some things into perspective. Sure, we're disappointed. I'm disappointed. I would have liked to have seen that team. I wanted to jump up and yell and scream. And and hopefully in the fourth quarter we had a you know a shooter's chance of of winning that football game. Um, it uh, it was it was very frustrating. Um, Fred Sacco says serious comment number two. Rules seemed uh, low key pissed after the game. His whole you'll see this who this team is on Friday night. Come watch was telling. I liked it. And, and Fred, I did too. I, I think, I think that's one of the most telling statements uh, that coach rules made. Now, John, did you see his press conference today? I heard that he was pretty animated in his press conference today. I didn't see it. I, I saw the comments. I think that somebody had asked him, Oh, come on. What did somebody asked him a question? Well, you said that you just said that. And he wasn't going down the road of what did what does this team need to do to be competitive? Yeah. You know what's kind of funny is our media guys are treating this completely different than they did the last five guys five years too. I mean, they're much more combative than they were ever were. And I guess there's no shock in that. You know, we know how these people Matt Rule isn't a Nebraska quote. He's not a Tom Osborne guy. He's not a Nebraska guy. Uh, you know he's fair game for those guys to beat up, I guess. Oh, we already did that one. Yeah, we already did that, didn't we? Here's, yeah. I think this this is a, an interesting comment. Uh, Joshua Fleek should get more carries for sure. Well, he was listed number two on the depth chart that was released this week at running back. Um, and, you know, again, comments were made after the game that going to have to give him a closer look. My hunch is that Fleeks is not a strong practice player. And, um, you know, the, the coaching staff is kind of at that point right now where, you know, they have given players playing time because they work their butts off in practice. They've rewarded those who put forth effort. And, you know, there are some very talented players. And, you know, you'd like to think that, 
by the time they get to college, they all have a, a very strong work ethic. That's just not true. There are, there are players that take time off and practice or don't put forth a full effort. And rumor has it, I, I'm, I don't know this for fact, but rumor has it that uh, Josh Fleeks, um, he did not get uh, to come to the opening of fall practice because he reported overweight and they sent him right. home. And uh, so Joshua Fleeks had to kind of dig himself out of the doghouse. So uh, maybe he's, maybe he's where they expect him to be now and, and uh, he'll, he'll get some more carries. I, interesting. He moved to running back and then he's ahead, you know, immediately ahead at Emmett Johnson's got to be a little bit disappointing. It is yeah. to me. I wanted to see Emmett Johnson play well. I, I wanted to see Emmett Johnson too. I was really hoping that he'd get some carries um, and and uh, have some success, but um, that wasn't uh, that wasn't uh, in in the game plan. Apparently, hey, we did see an option pitch. You know, we did. See we did. That, yeah, That's for right. a one yard gain, I think. Um, so anyway, well. Illinois comes up Friday night. Yeah. In Champaign, Illinois. They just and got beat beat all the hell by Purdue, which is shocking in itself. Tell tell us, John, why does Illinois' defense, which was incredibly solid last year, why does it suck so bad this year? I think that that's one of the surprises of the Big Ten. Um, that Illinois' defense dropped off so much. Well, they're because their coach, their head, their defensive coordinator Ryan Walters went to coach at Purdue. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's look this up real quick. Ooh, Illinois' well, defense is currently 113th in total defense. 113th. 113th in total defense. So there's been an amazing drop-off since, since uh, last season. Nebraska, just in case you're wondering, Nebraska is 37th in total defense. Uh, I know they people have all these advanced stats and stuff, but you know, I don't. I'm not that good at math anymore because of the freaking brain injury, and uh, I like sticking with these anyway. What were we number one in the, in the against the rush when we came into this game against Michigan? Uh, no, we weren't number one against the rush. Like second or third? I think maybe somewhere like that. Okay, Michigan. well now we're now we're fifteenth, which is still not terrible, but you know that uh, that's still better than uh, well, and, well, and I think a hell of a lot better than we were. <laughs> we, we've avoided talking about one thing too that gives me a lot of concern, and that's the fact that um, Deshaun Singleton is yeah. For, it sounds like he's probably done for the season. Does um, it? I it thought he does. was out for a couple games. No, it sounds like that injury could be more severe than that. Um, and and I'm saying could. You know, they haven't. Nobody's ruled him out. But then, um, you know, our our uh, oh uh, oh God, look, uh, Reimer. Um, yeah, you know, he didn't play. Um, taken to the hospital, apparently. Taken to the hospital, you know, in the morning before the game. Um, you know, some of those, I don't, you know, those are two important players on that defense. Uh, I, I don't know that they weren't going to make a difference in the outcome of the game. Um, but, you know, certainly not having them and not having them in a game for Illinois. Um, you know, Illinois 
what we know about them is that their defense is really struggling. We ought to be able to move the ball on Illinois. Um, and their quarterback is very prone to turning the ball over. So, you know, who's going to play with the most want to? Who's going to play with the yeah. most heart? Which team Which team is going to lay it out there on the line from, you know, the opening snap to the, the final whistle? I think ultimately that's what it's going to come down to. Guess, Todd, guess where Illinois is nationally ranked in turnover margin. Where are they? Guess. Come on, guess. Last. hundred No. No. They're close. A hundred and second. Okay, where do you think Nebraska is? I have no clue. They're both tied for 125th nationally in turnover <laughs> margin. In turnover margin. <laughs> so there you go. go. That evens out. I mean, if you're a guy that goes, oh, well, they're going to turn the ball over. Well, they were apparently just as shitty at it as they are. Let's look up some more. Illinois scoring offense. Where do you think that is? John, I don't pay a rat's ass a bit of attention. I mean, you, you know, I, I, I just pluck, I'll just pluck numbers. Uh, their total scoring offense or total offense? Scoring offense. That's what counts. Uh, 89th. No. Second. 105th. Nebraska's is 122nd. So this used to be a barn burner of a defensive struggle. On, uh, well, I think our defense is much better than they are, but we have to, you know, well, we have to get in a groove, I think. This this could end up being a game that gets kind of wild. I mean, it really could, um, depending upon, you know, what uh, – yeah, it, it, could, it could be a game that gets kind of crazy and wild. Who knows? So um, – yeah, you know, there's a couple of comments here that we marked that I, I want to bring up, and we can okay. talk a little bit about them. Cilantro says, in the history of Nebraska looking helpless in football games, is this the most helpless they've looked? I don't know that it's the most helpless they've looked. They just they were just kicked in the nuts the whole game, and but more importantly, they you know they they just um, they just couldn't match up. I I would say if you want to. Talk about a team that looked helpless. I'll take some of those Bo Pelini teams that absolutely melted down in the yeah. second half. You, totally helpless. They didn't know what to do. I think that the defense, for the most part, knew what they were supposed to do. They just couldn't execute it, and they couldn't get it yeah. done. Now, there were quite a few mental mistakes that were made on both sides of the ball, and, and that's frustrating. Um, but, you know, I, I – I don't – I guess, Cilantro, I kind of disagree with that that word helpless. I think that there have been other times maybe that they've looked more the, – uh, The jet sweeps against Wisconsin, the Big Ten title game, that was – you know, the whole nation kept using the phrase Wisconsin scored again for like two or three years. Yeah. Wait a minute. And then there's the 70, the 70 to 10 game at Texas Tech, a game I never bring up because I had drank a lot of beer – and that game, and we were at kind of at a friend's house, and uh, my wife said the magic words at that time for to me is "You don't need another beer." And my wife and I don't talk about the, I don't talk about that game because it's it's just one of those things that you don't bring up, or you just you know you're right back in the doghouse you were that night. So seventy to ten Texas Tech. I mean, come on, go ahead. Um. 
Tiger Shark Diver says uh, Malachi is going to transfer if he doesn't start getting targeted. He's got to get open to get targeted. Yeah. Um, when he's been out on the field, I've watched him. He's not He's not getting open. He's got to figure that out. Um, and, again, this is all rumor, so I, I, I wouldn't – I wouldn't print it in a in a publication, but rumor has it that he's one of those guys that hasn't quite figured out that you go hard on every play in practice, um, and and maybe he needs to uh, work a little bit more on his abilities to get separation from defenders. Uh, and again, uh, it's that's I don't know that for sure, but that's what I've heard. <sighs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What, here's Caleb Board. He says Todd is right. You just take that one, with you, Todd. One time I was right, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I saw way up high and I marked it, and I don't want to kind of go back in there. I don't know if it was Roger Moore or Colin. It was one of those guys mentioned something about um, what about the, you know, Michigan, they kicked our ass, it's done. And I'm paraphrasing. What about the South Stadium expansion? Um You know, if you have to be – you had to have been living under a rock if you didn't hear about the the plan for seeding expansion 400 uh 400 plus million dollar expansion um that's going to involve knocking down imploding south stadium and reconstructing it and uh uh trev alberts in his pitch um has said that uh he he's going to ask for mercy from the fans and uh their trust and I don't know if 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 you were a, a person who has had seats in the South Stadium for 25, 30 years, and if you get a letter in the mail that says um, it's unfortunate, but we're not going to be able to give you tickets uh, to watch Nebraska play for a season or two, how are you going to feel about that? I don't know. Do we have any commenters that are in that situation? We should go find some people, Todd. And and talk to them and see how they feel about it. You know more people than I do. Go find some people. You're um, all over the state of Nebraska. You're talking to people every day that are Nebraskans. I well, talk to computers mostly. Yeah, and I, I don't. Uh, I haven't talked to many people that live in that work in South Stadium or or, or sit in South Stadium. I, you know, um, never mind me. I tell you what. This is this is the bandwagon I was on. You know when they when they did the last uh, kind of overhaul. Um, on the east and the west sides, you know, they added the the club boxes or whatever you want to call them on the east side and built that new level up. You know, that why didn't we just build a new stadium at that time? They moved the state fair out to Grand Island. They had all of that property that Innovation Campus has taken over now, which, you know, that's a good use of that property. But right there was a spot to build a new football stadium. Um, but apparently we are too you know, too wedded to the idea of the hundred year history of Memorial stadium that, Todd, um, you, you know, you, if Notre Dame cathedral burns down, you don't just say, Oh, fuck that thing and build a, another cathedral. It's Notre Dame cathedral. I'm not talking about Notre Dame, the Dame, the team, the college. I'm talking about the thing in what France, Paris. This is our cathedral, the state of Nebraska's holy cathedral. You don't just go, eh, she's seen some days, and then walk away from it. Come on. There's the pillars, Todd. Some well, tradition has to remain because everything <laughs> else is getting torn away. I I don't know. I I 
I've been in quite a few college football stadiums. And the only one that um, I would say that uh, ranks with a miserable place to watch a football game at the same level as Memorial Stadium is Ohio Stadium. And they're both old hulks that, you know, people just continue to hang on. But anyway, this new stadium expansion, um, you know, my dad turned 85 on on a Sunday, the day after the game. And, uh, you know, he said, well, he says, I wonder if we'll still have our seats. And I said, Dad, I keep hoping that I'm going to be sitting with you somewhere in a couple, you know, in 2025, 2026. I hope. I hope we have some seats together. Um, but I, I would guess that South Stadium people are kind of wondering. But um, I think it's a good move to update the stadium. It's got to be a better place to watch a game. Caleb Ward gives us a super chat. I will watch for free through the hole where South Stadium used to be, and I will let go as many red balloons as I want from outside. Remember when you were younger, Todd, you used to hear all them stories from them old guys about, oh, I used to watch through the knot holes at the yeah. stadium and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, well, that Caleb Ward, he's a dedicated guy. Well, you know, I <laughs> – I used to sit in the knot hole seats at the end of the end zone at old Clyde Williams field up at Iowa state when I was a little shaver. So cost us a buck. To get okay. In. Here's one. Here's one. I, I saw this comment from people on Twitter. Yeah. Most I, of the week I, I checked Twitter, you know, I follow Twitter and people were saying, shouldn't we spend $450 million on nil? Well, but you know, we are going to have to get our nil shit together. And put it this way, the stadium needs something done to it. It needs to be renovated. I think everybody knows that. And we're not, when we look at, shouldn't we just spend money on nil? We're looking at the right now. We're not looking at 20 years from now. And 20 years from now, the world's going to be a lot bit different place than it is now. Particularly with college football, you couldn't have predicted the Pac-10, the Pac-12 would be dead. If somebody 20 years ago said, yeah, uh, Stanford and that other fucking college full of geeks will be in the ACC, we'd all gone, no, <laughs> you're out of your mind. But here we are. So they still need to do this. And the nil still needs to be figured out for Nebraska because we're gonna, they're going to raise $225 million from private donations. They're probably going to have to raise more than that, I'm guessing. Uh, Nebraska does have wealthy people that contribute to that. But uh, let me ask you this. The one quest, the one thing that bothers me when the nil stuff comes up is this. It's always, and this bothers me in general about society and our politics and our, who we are as human beings. But we always tend to look at this as a, as a, that's their problem over there. Like why don't those millionaires contribute millions of dollars to nils so we can buy some good quarterbacks? Well, you have your way. You contrib can contribute to nil too. We could get better offensive linemen if we all bought pipeline jerky or have honestly probably donated to them. I think the 1890 collective is having a huge issue because of the people that run it and the people that are associated with it. And at some point that is going to get straightened out. It's either going to get straightened out by the people that are surrounding that issue or by the government or by lawsuits, but it's going to get straightened out and probably down the road, maybe two years and maybe five years. Nils will be more closely associated with universities than with private on nonprofit organizations. 
because at some point this probably has to get reined in by some kind of legislation, some kind of law, something you would hope. And that's probably going to bring it into the universities and that's probably going to make it much more controllable. And I think Nebraska as a university and as an athletic department has always a run, a very good athletic department. People in charge of it, the part people in charge of it have not always been the best leaders and we can name them, but they have as a whole, I can tell you from working with universities across the nation, our athletic department is extremely well run, but you know, we have a lot of stuff to figure out at Nebraska to become competitive. And the problem that we have right now is in terms of us, in terms of you guys watching Todd with his constant complaining about, I want it now, you know, we want it now. And that's the, the, the issue is there has to be a longer term vision to this. The last long term vision turned out to be a complete con. And I don't think this one is, and it really has to be a longer term vision that we have about what we're going to do with the football program that is the ego of our state, whether we like it or not. I talked long enough, Todd. No, John, I think you make a lot of really good points there with that. And, you know, you pay a lot more attention to Neil than than I do. Um, People are going to start asking pretty soon, Todd, what the hell do you pay any attention to? Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, I really hope, I really, you know, I wish the NCAA would step up with this deal thing, you know, maybe they're just, well, you know, we can, we bash the NCAA for years. I don't want the federal government getting involved in this. They'll mess this up to no end. It it will be a disaster if, if the federal government gets involved. So we we have a national organization that is supposedly designed to govern uh, college athletics. You know, they, they, they shoved this down the river, hoping that somebody else would take responsibility for it. Now they need to suck it up and they need to have some kind of uh, across the board um, expectations for nil. And, and so we can move forward. John, there's, there's one I want to throw up here that um, we kind of, I skipped over earlier and this is kind of back to some of our personnel. Adam Martin says, so Teddy got more snaps and didn't look good at all. Afraid the injuries have sapped him. You know, uh, Teddy, one of our writers, uh, John mentioned Slack earlier, one of our writers that really pays a lot of attention to the offensive and the defensive lines and has quite a bit of knowledge about, uh, you know, that kind of play and, and whatnot. You know, he's he asked basically the same question, you know, will will Teddy ever be able to regain, yeah. you know, uh, what he what he had coming in as a as a gangly, skinny, you know, freshman uh, offensive lineman and. Boy, I hope that he can, but you know, maybe maybe he's a year or two away from uh, being where eventually he can. I, I I hope I hope he can get there, um, but yeah, I, I share those concerns uh, that you do as well. Okay, wait, starred. My God. Okay, yeah. Uh, Tiger Shark Driver says happy birthday to your dad, Todd. Did he, did Doyle have a birthday recently? <laughs> well, you know, he had the birthday that he wanted. He he was with uh he was with uh his wife of 62 years. And, oh my god. Uh, they had a nice dinner together and and uh yeah, so Dion Pryor says none of us can afford anything. Do you know what we did in college when we couldn't afford anything, Todd? Do you remember? 
We did. We drank really cheap, cheap, cheap beer and a lot of it. A lot of it. <laughs> to make up for the fact that we couldn't afford it. We drank a lot of it. What else Nickel did we do? pictures at Stooges. <laughs> what Monday else did we night. do? What else did we do? Your memory is must be better than mine. I don't remember. Sold blood? Um, some people did. I did not. Some I people. did not sell blood. I, I did drug studies. I did drug, drug studies. Drug studies? Yep. Yeah. Harris Labs, I believe it was. Harris Labs, you Harris, betcha. See, Dion, there's all sorts of ways to contribute. You could sell your blood and then contribute that money to the athletic department for the re renovation because they need to raise the money, or you could contribute to, to a nil outfit. We probably we should start our own fucking nil thing. That's what you we know, should do. I'll tell you what. I'm loving this here at the end. I'm I'm seeing Falstaff and Schaefer's <laughs> and Keystone and Old Milwaukee. No, no, fellas, that was all way too expensive <laughs> for us. <laughs> we were in college back in the days of the plain label beer. Yeah, the generic beer. Generic beer. White can, black block letters, beer. That's what we drank. <laughs> I honestly think, John, I, I, I could be wrong. I think we paid no more than two bucks a six pack for that stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. I think yeah. I think it I think we're paying like a buck seventy-five for a six pack. Oh my god, Mickey Big Mouth. Ugh, that's a dangerous thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Dion says, I want it before I die, John. I don't disagree with that. Uh, you know, I'm kind of in that position. Caleb Ward comes back and says, but isn't the university paying for the renovation? They can't directly feed the nil directory. That's correct. They can't directly be in charge of nil because that's just how the rules are right now. Uh, university paying for the renovation $450 million, I mean, let's be serious. $450 million, normally when you're doing construction, you're going to have cost overruns. The price of concrete is going to go through the roof in another year. And this is going to be a $600 million project. And then everybody's going to pretend like we didn't know this. And then when they go, oh, it really costs $600 million, we're all going to go, oh, look, they can't do anything right when this happens all the time with construction. $225 million of it is slated to be raised by private donations, donations, 50 million is supposed to come from some kind of like loan from the academic side. And I'm guessing with that, you know, they'll be raising much more than that in donations. Uh, but yeah, they, you know, are, I'm sure they might look at the state for funding. I don't, maybe they'll, maybe they'll legalize marijuana, Todd, and put a tax well, on the gummy. They did, they, they did say that they are considering going to the state for some funding. So we'll, we'll see. So. Jack the Ripper a while back said, you two are so thick. Nebraska will never be really good until they switch to a Nike sponsorship. Only <laughs> Nike teams can win. You know, I've heard this for a long time. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe that's true. My, we've tried everything else. So what the hell? I mean. We were winning when we were wearing Converse. Marnav comes in and says, what's a new stadium cost? A billion? Uh, easily. Probably. I mean, if you look at if you look at the fact that you, put it this way, 
before you could build anywhere, you have to do eight years of environmentalist studies. And what's that going to impact? I mean, maybe not in Nebraska, but pretty much everywhere else on the planet. And I'm sure people would object to it and you'd have to do that. So by the time that you get up, just to get the land, look at the land and say what was there before, because you're environmentally responsible for cleanup if there was anything bad there before. And then but that's one reason why you don't build on new things and you build on your shit you already own. <clears throat> but by the time you've done all that and you've planned it and you've constructed it and you've got all the millionaires that are going to give you a billion dollars and had every one of them have their input, I mean, that it's, uh, yeah, it's easily a billion, billion and a half. So, yeah, yeah, billion. billion. It's wasn't so easy SoFi Stadium, wasn't that five billion out in California? I don't know. That big I, ball they built was like $2 billion in Las Vegas or some damn thing. Um, Dion hams. Well, I had hams two weeks ago, uh, at the press box with my dad a week before his birthday, we had tall boys and, and it, just bear with me. Hams beer land of sky blue waters. Those commercials were the best. John told the story about the hams bear. We had a friend that had a hams bear costume and would wear it around when we were in school, but I found something out. My, my dad, when we ordered these hams, tall boys for two and a half, 250 at uh, at the press box in Lincoln. And um, I said, Dad, God, I remember when I was a little kid, I remember Ham's beer around our house. And he says, well, there's a reason why. And he says, because your Aunt Maggie at the bar that she ran in Adair, Iowa, um, that was her bar beer was was Ham's. That's all she served. And um, said, and, and then she would leave six packs out back for us when we weren't, uh, before we were old enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be in a bar, but I guess I've always had this fascination with hams. And, you know, uh, when I find it, when I see it on a shelf, I, I, I buy hams beer. Uh, it's, I guess that's my little nostalgia. <laughs> Aaron Keen wants to know, Jesus, how old are you, Todd? I am 61 years old. Yeah. Uh, same here. Linda Wilkins is here. She finally showed up. We were, I was wondering where you were doing, how you were doing, Linda. Uh, Tiger Shark Driver says, some of our donors are fed up, by the way. I can imagine they are. There's been little yeah. results for their money, and the whole thing is kind of a still of a – I don't know. From everything I hear every in the background, it's still kind of a – I don't want to say sketchy. Sketchy is not the word. Touchy is the word because of the people involved in it, I guess. And I wish, you know, I wish, I think the thing is, is whenever you get a lot of money, apparently your ego gets as, as big as the money you are worth. And that, you know, you have to, if you're going to put it this way, if you're going to run like a, a nonprofit, let's say, and you're going to go out and collect money with a bunch of people, you have to be really, really, really good at smoozing them. And that means Putting them before you is really how that's going to work. Like me, I'd probably be terrible at this because, you know, I just say fuck too much and then and there you go. A lot of people don't like that. But one of the things you have to do in order to be successful is that is recognize people's needs and then fulfill them and then take their money. Not take their money and then, you know, don't do a damn thing for their egos or the stroking because I don't know. This doesn't seem that hard, Todd. Well, I want to go back to a football question. This one, I think. Okay, you got. 
Does that anyone gonna... think Jake? Well, we'll come back. Does anybody think JJ McCarthy is overrated? Nope. I thought JJ McCarthy. I, yeah. I think he's a talented player. I think he's good. Um, he made some throws. Well, he made a throw where he was going to his left and zipped it. He zipped it. He was going north. The team was headed north. That might have been a touchdown pass. If it wasn't a touchdown, it put him close. My goodness gracious, that was a hell of a throw. He's athletic. He moves around. He's calm. And he apparently has he apparently has enough pull. And maybe it's in his NIL contract that his girlfriend gets to come down on the field and they're smooching on the bench. I mean, what is that? <laughs> The same, the same girlfriend who got her ass grabbed by her dad, by his dad. Do you oh, I didn't that? hear that. Yeah, that was a, like two, three years ago. You know they, have cam- they have uh, cameras everywhere. Apparently cameras caught his dad grabbing one of his girlfriend's buttocks well, or something. I, like that. I'll bet you we don't see Travis Kelsey smooching Taylor Swift down on the field before the game's over. Oh, Okay, I, let's see. I starred some. Uh, Don Dre says, I believe in five years, nil will disappear. This could be correct. This could be correct. Because in five years, athletics might be ruled as employees, and they will have no nil, need for nil because they'll just be directly paid just like NFL players, except it probably at a lower level. So... If you think that any of this is going back to the way it used to be, it's not. It's not ever going back to a simple game where amateurs played it. And and by the way, why do we think these guys have to be amateurs? Why do we? Why? Where did that attitude ever come from, Todd? It is this back. the? It's the it romanticism was, about uh, oh they oh, want yeah. to be here. Well, and that's because I mean it was part of the the college ideal. You know the whole student athlete thing, the Olympic. The Olympic concept, you know, I mean, for years and years, all of that was supposed to be amateur sports. And then people started exploiting it and taking advantage. It was the Russians and the East Germans that did it all. They're the ones that screwed it all up. Um, yeah. So I see you start this one. Did you guys make long chairs <laughs> with old pull tabs? Did you have one, John? I, I got a, I did have something in my day. Did you, do you remember the beer can hats? where you'd cut the side label of a beer can and somebody crocheted them all together. They looked yes. like a bucket hat. Did you remember those? Yes. I had a PBR one. <laughs> hey, there you go. James Boardman with coordination long snapper nil. Oh, you know, I'm going to look <laughs> into this. Uh, Avery Brundage, Blaine Cole says Avery Brundage is spinning in his grave. Probably is. Yep. I'll bet you old Avery uh, is. He was a corrupt son of a bitch, too. <laughs> Marcus Rystrom says, John, how do you feel about our bowl chances? I know Todd thinks we can make it. You know what? I think it all comes down to Friday night. Yeah. I mean, not all of it, but a lot of it comes down to this game Friday night against Illinois. Uh, we're going to play four teams in the next – you know, the f- next four games are against teams that – I don't want to say we should be because anything is possible with any of these teams in the Big Ten West, but they're certainly laying out there for the taking. If we can play good football, tackle well, get some turnovers, then we can get four victories and get to uh, six wins. 
There's, I, there's, I put it at, I put it at 63%. That's the, that's the number. I spoke to the universe just there and that's the number I pulled out of the universe. 63% chance that we can make a bowl game. Yes. I think there's four wins out there. I think they can find four, but you know what? We may get run too. We, we may have seen our last victory. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I'd, I'd like to think they're better. Um, we'll play better, but I agree with you, John. We're going to find out Friday night. Uh, are there any Clay Castle dirt says, are there any good candidates for the NU president position? I have, you know, that's an academic thing mostly. Yeah. I don't know. Other than, NU. other than me, I can't think of anybody. Have you applied? <laughs> I was going to send a letter in so I can get a rejection back. <sighs> no, I haven't applied. I have, I have things to, you know what I did today, Todd? I had do? more con I had more conversations with chat GPT than I did actual human beings. This is the difference between my life and yours. Uh, I was being impressed in Stromsburg, Nebraska and David City, Nebraska today. So there you go. So quality education, public education and non-public education taking place in the state of Nebraska. Brian, Brian Cochran comes back and says, this is the universe speaking. Forget your bull chances. <laughs> Brian, why, Brian, why you got to be so mean? Why you have to be so mean? Taylor Swift. <laughs> can't get rid of her. Can't get away from Taylor Swift. Uh, you know what else I, happened to the Big Ten West? Caden okay, McNamara. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to throw yeah, Let's throw this up. Okay. Dion Pryor, Dion Pryor says Iowa is fucked. And I, no, they've got Cooper DeGene. Cooper DeGene right. is going to single handedly take Iowa to a bowl game this year. He's going to return punts like he did the other night against Michigan State for touchdowns. Mark my words, he will have offensive touchdowns. He's going to have special teams touchdowns. He will be a one man wrecking crew for the University of Iowa. Save Brian Ferentz's job. Hawkeyes, ball game, don't even have to talk about it anymore. Cade McNamara got injured this uh, weekend. Probably, well, he's out for the season, isn't he? He's done. Yeah. And uh, what else happened across the Big Ten? You know, P.J. Fleck was on the radio up here, and he said, uh, he made a comment on sports radio that if Minnesota wanted to keep uh, guys like Darius Taylor, I think the young running back is that was leading the nation in rushing. If they want to keep those players that they need to get their nails stuff together and need to start contributing. And people just went nuts on him. They had beat the shit out of him about that. You know, he's just deflecting because he sucks. And Minnesota's lost. Okay. We don't want to beat Minnesota. Because I, I saw one comment that said, well, he he shouldn't say that after losses. He should say that after he's won a couple games. Well, if he said that after they won a couple games, the motherfuckers would have come back and said, we're fine. We don't need to. We're winning games. So you get put into a position where there's no winning if you say stuff like that as a coach. you know. And the fact is, P.J. Fleck is right. If we're not going to play in the nil game and if you're not going to participate – then you can kind of listen. I know that in the major league baseball, I don't follow it, but the teams with the biggest salaries don't always win because they're not that greatly managed. But the teams that are going to have their nil shit together going forward are going to be the most competitive teams. Yeah. And the honest to God truth about college football is 
This is a select group of schools, and it always had been. It's changed from decade to decade. And where Nebraska needs to get, like in the next three years, not next week, they need to get so that they're in the top four or five teams in the Big Ten next year. Nebraska they needs to have the structure. Yeah. They need to position themselves so they're in the top 48. They need to be one of the most, they need to be consistently in the top 48 because it's going to be those schools that eventually will, will have their own little world of college football. And that's, that's where Nebraska needs to be. Um, Here's one side guys. Nice to see a cyclone fan here. Nebraska hasn't been a, I used to be a contender. I used to be a contender. Now it hasn't quite been 20 years. We haven't had, uh, uh, we had some good teams back in the Pelini days. 2009. Yeah. Yeah. That's not 20 years, you know, and uh, I'm a side guy too. My, my, I was conceived a cyclone. I went to a lot of Iowa state games and uh, Iowa state had their 15 minutes of fame with coach Campbell. And um, now, unfortunately, they're they're coming back to earth, which is frustrating. I'd hope they'd be able to sustain that a little longer. Wait, I got to take this one. Tiger Shark Diver says it's always another year for us for thirty fucking years. Okay, listen, I live in Minnesota. The Minnesota Vikings has existed since nineteen sixty two, and there hasn't been a single year in their entire history they haven't let their team their their fans down. Not a single year. I mean, I realize it's been a while for Nebraska, and it might be a few more years. But I, what else are you gonna do? You're gonna not be a fan. That's always a choice, you know. I, I guess I'm doing this because I'll always be there. Probably a mental illness at this point. <laughs> well, John, hey, we're at a minute. We're an hour and six minutes. Oh, wrap wrap wrap, wrap this up with Husker Chuck. Okay, Husker Chuck says, does Brian Ferentz's offense need to average 24 points a game or do all the special teams and defensive scores help him out? They do help him out. They do help him out. And number two, honestly, if any of us actually believe that Brian Ferentz is going to get fired because his team doesn't get 325 points or 25 points a game this year, we are deluding ourselves. He is not going to be fired. If they win eight games, he is not going to be fired. There will they they might hire an interim AD that comes in and fires Kirk Ferenz and then immediately resigns two weeks later from their job. They have an interim AD right now. <gasps> oh my gosh! And it is, is and it is a female. <laughs> okay, well, there, Kirk, go ahead. And there's been a lot of animosity directed towards women's sports at Iowa in the last fifteen years. So it could be the revenge of the female Hawkeye. That sounds intriguing. That sounds like a Netflix special. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We have. uh, uh, Okay. Sam Roberts. I don't, I don't do anything with uniforms. I mean, come on. I'm in it. I barely dress myself. Whenever we go out for anything, I walk up to my wife and I say, is this good enough for you, my beauty? I am a uniform freak, and don't mess with Nebraska's uniforms. Don't mess with them. Don't look like some clown shit Oregon team or somebody that doesn't have an identity 
like Arizona State and teams like that. I love Nebraska's uniform. Don't mess with them. Keep the black off of them. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're we're eight minutes. We're almost nine minutes past our bedtime. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Keen asks favorite band. John, you know I I don't have favorites of anything. I don't understand how you can have favorites because there's so many. I mean, when you look at music, there are so many different variations. There are so many different genres. There's so many different things to pick from. How can you pick a favorite? Whatever my favorite is is whatever mood I'm in at the time. There you go. What's your favorite movie, Todd? My favorite movie? <laughs> See how that is? I've been I, mean, I was running through my head. What's my favorite band? Jeez. Favorite movie, honestly, is Rocky. The original oh, Rocky. My... <gasps> really? Oh yeah. Or Officer and a Gentleman. Well, that I'm was kind a of a movie, sucker yeah. for that one. That was that was a good movie. I, I've always said my favorite movie was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That was, good and we're movie. gonna we're gonna go, and someday I'll tell you guys the story of how when I was 16 years old, I lived alone in Tucson, Arizona, for the summer, and spent most of that summer actually working in a mental ward at a VA hospital. But that's a story for another night. We're gonna go top you ten, guys, baby. Top ten, Tiger Shark Diver, Shawshank, top ten. Yeah, that's yeah. excellent. That is an excellent movie. Yeah, John, uh, you better hang it up. We're mumbling. Okay. Okay. Good night, Todd. Good night, John. <laughs>